Stark Contrast, a Game of Thrones podcast at MovieFail. I'm Soren Howe, and I'm here with Josh Rosenfield, and we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of Game of Thrones Season 6, Book of the Stranger. So, um, I actually just finished watching this episode. Um, I was not in love with it, I gotta tell you. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. See, it's the reaction I saw all over Twitter that night was that it was the best episode in a long time and everyone was freaking out and they loved it so much and I you know I was kind of lukewarm on it too I got to admit um doesn't I didn't not as good it. as last No, I didn't dislike it at all. Not as good as last week's which we talked about last week everyone was disparaging that episode they didn't like it last at all. Last week was was orders of magnitude better than this week. Yeah, definitely. Um certainly stuff I liked in this episode but it's a lot of kind of wheel spinning and repetition and oh, then yeah. the big some of the bigger moments I just I just you know well we'll get to them but it's I just didn't care <laughs> well I just find it so funny that people were into this episode because I have a feeling it's almost well basically 100% that last scene and I'm like we yep. got that scene already it already happened I know that blo- oh okay well yeah we, we'll get to that but y'all I, I fell for the same thing agree. that Dothraki keep falling for <laughs> I mean wow okay anyway um all right so um Last episode, we were talking about John at the wall and leaving, which it looked like that's what he was doing. And then this episode, he's still at the wall. <laughs> yeah, getting so ready we, to leave, I guess. Right, well, we see Ed picking up the sword, and I'm like, oh, he left his sword behind? And then John's there, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so that like scene with him walking off is just not... They keep doing this with him, you know, where some people <laughs> are in different places when they pick up in the next episode. It's so weird. Yeah. It's weird. It is strange. Although, I mean, I kind of, I get that, you know, what, what the final scene of the last episode is is supposed to mean, you know, not symbolically, but just, well, you know, what it's supposed to represent for the character. So I understand, you know, the the significance of ending an episode on that. It it's a powerful moment. Um, but there was some mystery agree- as to like, where are you going? What are you gonna do? Yeah, next? exactly. Well, you know, the assumption is that he's just leaving for good. Although I think it. In retrospect, it makes sense that he would at least get his stuff first. So we assume, I assume, you know, I think we can assume that this is probably like five minutes later. Well, he just handed everything to. It's, I I just figured that he was piecing out, and he had a plan, like he was going to go somewhere, he was going to do. I don't know. It was just very weird. And then when, well, we were talking about Sansa, but like when Sansa suggests going somewhere, he's like, "No." <laughs> that is the weird part. Yeah. And I'm like, so why are you what what <laughs> um. That said, uh, this was the first time these two characters have been together in, like, six seasons. Yeah, well, there's a lot of reunions this episode. So that was kind of cool. Which is an interesting uh, little through line. Were there? Yeah, in, like, a ton, actually. Oh, interesting. We'll get to all of them. Okay, all right. Because I saw that somebody was talking about, oh, it's an episode of reunions. But I didn't really get that. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, so did you? what did you think of this opening? Um, I liked it. It's uh, definitely... It's it's been a while since there's been a truly uh, hopeful and cathartic moment right. on this show. We the, you know we get them so so rarely, and they're usually kind of you know bittersweet at best, tinged with some sort of uh, awful thing that's happened just previously to cause this thing to happen. But this is the first moment we've gotten in a very long time that's just kind of unabashedly good and and happy. It's good that these two have reunited and that they are happy to see each other. And it's about time, and it kind of signals what we've been talking about. 
it kind of signals you know the, the move into the end game of the show that we're kind of that we're bringing people back together and doing these long-awaited reunions like with the Starks exactly um, I think it's an interesting signal of you know a show kind of in the, in its last days that we're finally getting to this stuff right well I mean it's just you know especially the Starks have been apart for so long you know a couple yeah. of them were sort of banded like uh, Bran and Rickon were together for a while and then split up uh, eventually but uh, now, now that they're all split up, they can I guess start coming back together, which is kind of cool. Mm. And they even talk about uh, John and Sansa talk about uh, that last day, which in the first episode, that last day they were in Winterfell, and you know that like if they, they never should go back. Left. They w- exactly, yeah, right. that was a cool. Because yeah, it's it's always been a cool thought experiment. You, you know, you think about the Starks. Uh, they were never. They were only all together once, and that was in that first episode. And then they started to split up, and then they split up more and more, and then they died. Um, and then they so died. You know, some of them. And yeah, so this is a cool. Okay, so yeah, I like them. I like them talking about that last day because we saw that. I gotta say, the reunion uh, trope of talking about some obscure thing that no one ever does when they see someone that they know again. Oh, remember when Nan used to make those pies? No, no one talks like that. Has that ever I did, happened? No, I completely disagree. People talk what? like that. If, you've, if you're seeing someone you haven't seen in a long time, you're reminiscing about the this, first you know, thing you're going to talk about is Nan and her pies or whatever the hell they were well, I don't know if that's about, the seriously. first thing you talk about, but it's, yeah, if, you're, if you haven't seen someone in a long time, then you, you know, whatever little details you share with them that you don't share with anyone else, that's what you're going to talk about. It just about. feels like the laziest way to have people re. re- I'm not saying it's not a, I'm not saying it's not a trope, but. Not on it's this a trope, show, but, for in, sure, but in general, it happens all the time. It's always just so irritating. It's like, oh, here's something you never saw, but yeah, they used to steal apples in their neighbor's orchard. Did they? Did they? <laughs> mm. It's like it's like false story, like backstory building. You know, it just it's it's like it's it's a it's the epitome of just telling us something instead of showing us instead of sh- talking about something that we might have seen. Like, remember when Arya used to, you know intentionally piss you off or something because we saw that that's something we saw it doesn't have to refer to that specific moment but at least it would feel somewhat organic i don't know this is my personal thing it always irritates mm. me in every like it happens in shows all the time um but yeah i mean it was cool to see them back together again uh john's kind of mopey again and depressing well what's it, you know what is interesting I know he about died and everything episode? but still <laughs> <laughs> well I mean first of all yeah that's as good as an excuse if I, as I've ever heard right but the acting in this episode and I noticed it first in that scene with John and Ed is so different than it is usually isn't it um yeah the way that they speak, I have to credit like the usually, director I guess it must be the director. I guess yeah the way that they speak is usually kind of the, you know the fantasy like affected uh intonations and um not you know it's very uh, highfalutin, I guess, in a way. You just see this in, like, the way people in Lord of the Rings talk or something like that. It's, you know, there's not a really... It's not a natural rhythm to the way they speak, but it's, it's sort of... literary. Exactly. It's very literary, and that's usually how they talk on Game of Thrones, but they they don't in this episode, and it's that first scene in jo- with John and Ed where I noticed it. They're, like, you know, going at each other at a clip, and the way that they're, you know, the pace of uh, their speech, and... I noticed way, you know, too. Their it intonations. very weird. It's very, it's natural. It's the way people actually talk, which is cool. But I mean, it's yeah, it's strange on this show where, where that's not how people talk usually. I'm glad you noticed it too. I thought this whole episode was filled with weird stuff like that, like weird modern-ish, yeah. modernized language and things. And I guess yeah, strange. we can credit that to the director. I assume yeah, because the, the director or the writer. I mean, I, 
is it uh, do the same? Is it? It's Weiss yeah, it's, and it's Benioff? Uh, Benioff and Weiss. Pretty much every episode everything? this season. Okay. Uh, so the director is there. Daniel Sackheim, who's been doing TV since like Miami Vice. So oh, wow. he's an old school guy. Did he do last week? Mm, yes, he did. But okay. I didn't notice it last week. Well, yeah, but last week, yeah, I was gonna say last week I specifically pointed out how good I thought the writing was, and then I obviously would have picked up that the delivery was different. That's so strange. Mm. It is, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'm glad you noticed it too. Yeah, no, it was just it felt off. I don't know if I could have pinpointed it, but it just there was something weird about it, the whole episode. Um, well, and I was also watching it with somebody who has not seen any Game of Thrones whatsoever, so um, <laughs> I was just trying to imagine what the show looks like, and I was thinking to myself, this is not a representative episode of the show. This no. is a, <laughs> this is a weird episode of the show. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, I mean, in some ways, it's representative in that it's a pale imitation of a lot of the things the show often does. But in other ways, it just wasn't, especially with that weird that weird delivery. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I speaking of the I died thing, which John says a lot, <laughs> uh, you would think there would be a trump card, but no one seems to care. Like, every Wait, time he wants maybe... to do... Well, I mean, just every time somebody suggests something and he's like... Yeah, I wanted to do that, and then they killed me. And then, you know... Eh. <laughs> and people are like, yeah, so we should do it anyway. I'm like, he literally died! What? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, he was only dead for like eight hours. <laughs> so what? He's still dying. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I know he was he was not dead for very long, I suppose. But still, it's just... And the other thing that's funny about that is um, Sansa is... I, we sort of fast forward to, I guess he's already told her what happened. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to care that he died. Yeah, they are really breezing past that in general. It just keeps happening. You're they right. just don't care that he died and came back to life. No one <laughs> seems to care on this show except for uh, Sir Davos, who's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, oh, um, that reminds me. Um, We get that moment of... Uh... On the bridge thing. Of him and Melisandre talking about what happened to Stannis, and we were talking about this in the premiere, I think, about wh- how much he knew about what happened. Right. And I swear I remember a scene from last season finale where uh, she rides in and he asks, you know, what happened to Stannis? Where is the princess? And she, like, gives him a sad look. And the implication is that he gets that they're all dead. Um, I think he got that. We... I mean, I think he figured something bad had happened. I don't think he knew the details yeah, but and it's... didn't feel confident in asking her until now. I guess this is him asking for the details, but it plays out the same way. She well, just kind yeah, of, basically. you know, looks sad and, and looks away from him. Well, what so, was better yeah, about a... it is that Brienne was there. Yeah, to, to be like, confirm. Yeah, I killed him. Get at me. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh. She just doesn't care. Um, she, she just walks up and says, oh, yeah, no, I totally killed him, and this is what he said. Right. And then speaking walks away. Of, speaking of Brienne, what's this Brienne Tormund thing? They're doing oh, I there? love it. Oh, That's it's so good. <laughs> That scene, that was the funniest scene of the episode when he's like, you know, uh, flirting by the way he's eating meat. Right. And she's like, she's no not idea really either. sure what to do. Yeah, she's like, I, nah, I don't know about this. Yeah. That was so, and it, I mean, first of all, I'd ship it. Um, <laughs> I'm down with that. I'd ship it. <laughs> but it was, it's an, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting pairing of characters, at least, if not a romantic one. Yeah, I think, um, I think they would be a hell of a power couple. Yeah, for sure. Oh my god. Um, and also, I wouldn't invite them to any parties. 
<laughs> personally. I'm just saying. <laughs> they, neither of them have any manners whatsoever. Um, so it's really funny, though, when, when John's like, well, they won't fight for me, and I don't want them to fight for me because they don't serve me. They're just, you know, I was trying to do the right thing. Uh, and then I don't want to get into, like, Ramsey and later, but Ramsey basically makes that all go away and, and uh, does it for him. He doesn't even have to ask them. They're just like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, well, what I, I like what I like about this scene with where Sansa convinces him is that she is kind of growing into the role that I really right, wanted her yes. to last season. Yep. Uh, this is where that. I wanted her to be in in this kind of uh, not a not a manipulator, but as someone you know very much an effector uh, of some sort. Yeah, exactly, taking charge, and that's what she does in this scene. She tells John, "Look, if you're not going to take back Winterfell, I'll do it myself because it's what we have to do." Obviously, she and, does. Although I'm a little. I, Agency, fine. The the her motivation though. Not that this is necessarily bad, but it's sort of a vengeance based mo where she's basically interested in anything that will end with Ramsay being dead. And I I just worry how when you when you do anything to get to a goal, people end up dying. So I'm a little worried about that. You know what I mean? Like she, she, she wants to do it, and she doesn't even know if they have the army or the really anything to do it. She's just like, we need to do this, and I don't. It's not very strategic. It's just sort of a goal without any sort of plan, except for well, no, because she says they're going to rally. You know, the other the small. Yeah, but she doesn't houses, actually still loyal to the Stark. Well, she doesn't say small. She just says houses. It doesn't. I don't know how much she knows about all the allegiances and the people who have left and have no interest in the Stark. So I, I don't know how much she knows about all that. Maybe she does. But, like, what we've been watching the past couple of episodes is a bunch of houses, all the big ones, basically coming and saying, eh, we'll do this instead. So, I don't know. I just, I don't want, I don't want that to lead to some terrible disaster. I don't want her to become Catelyn, because Catelyn made a lot of terrible decisions that led to a lot of people dying, because she was... I think we're kind of, I think the show is kind of past that. Because it's in the, because we're kind of in the run-up to the end game. I think the show is, has gotten that out of its system. And I think that when they go to confront Ramsay, that they will win. I don't think that this confrontation with Ramsay is going to end with John and Sansa dead and Ramsay victorious. <laughs> I couldn't even, because why would they do that again? It's like we've had enough of that. It's the time in the show, in the plot of the show, to start turning the tides, I think. And they keep setting it up. Oh, my God, we'll get to Ramsay. But, like, they cannot shut up with the Ramsay oh and God. setting up his horrible, his inevitable horrible death. I can't even tell you what my notes said during that scene. Oh, I was, God. I was done with it. So done with it. Um, but we're not there yet. So uh, first, um, we have this scene with Robin and oh, Littlefinger. Yeah. At the back of the veil. Right. We haven't seen Littlefinger in a while. I completely or forgot Robin. about him. Or Robin, yeah. Who apparently still sucks at everything and is <laughs> a man baby and will probably always be a man baby. And um, it's yeah, still like... Very cavalier about and just killing whoever by throwing them out the moon door. He's really into that moon door still. I thought that was like a baby face thing, but he's me still too. On I that. was surprised when he was like, "Yeah, we'll throw him out the moon door." He's still Dude, into you that. Just kill him. You have, like, <laughs> you're surrounded by knights. Just why? Um, so there was that, which was bizarre, and also how easily he's manipulated. Littlefinger shows up after not <laughs> seeing him for a long time, gives him a bird, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll just do whatever you want." Um. And Littlefinger yeah, is sort of Littlefinger's terrible lie, he... which is that Sansa was kidnapped by the Boltons. Yeah, and so he just had no choice but to come back. Yeah, 
And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't. I couldn't believe that. That was just sad. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was interesting to, to to see the end game of all that, though that that he's going to rally the the knights to go to war. So I guess John doesn't know this, and neither does Sansa. But the knights of the Vale will be involved in some way in the fight to take back. Yeah. Him. Oh, maybe. Well, maybe they'll come and turn the tide at like the oh. at the desperate the moment of desperation. You know the that would be a that would be kind of weird though type of thing because like. Like, who cares about the Knights of the Vale? That would be a weird position to put them in as, like, the saviors of the day. It would be very weird, especially since it's Littlefinger's. Yeah. He's the opposite of a hero character. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be weird. Um, but that was the end game of that, that moment. Uh, I Robin's a weird, weird character, but I'm glad they've kept this actor around. I kind of like him. He's good. He's yeah. very good. Uh, bizarre. And can you imagine <laughs> casting for that role or telling this kid... This is what you're gonna have to do. Yeah, uh, whole thing is so <laughs> gross. Um, so yeah, so uh, then we go over to Marine and and talk about slavery. Yeah, this this everything in Marine this episode was a miracle because I can't believe this show got me to care about Miranese politics. I know, right? I can't believe it, right? It was actually pretty. Like good. we talked to, we talked at the end of last season. I did anyway about how. Uh, I can't, you know, it's this kind of. I'm not sure about this because I love Tyrion, but everything in Marine. You weren't sure if Tyrion would elevate it or if Marine would suck everything out of Tyrion. Yeah, because I was just like, Marine's politics are so boring and I just can't. I just don't care about them. Uh, But I care about them. Tyrion, you were right. Tyrion made them interesting. And And Varys. Although he's not really in this episode very much. He even, by the way, you talked last week about how Grey Worm and Missande were like nothing characters. Yeah, and now they're becoming interesting. Yeah, they have a point of view now. It's amazing. I love that. Which is funny because it's not new. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing we didn't know about their characters. But, it's just. But now they're involved. It's being put in to use. Yeah, exactly. Which is interesting. It's something Daenerys never did. Didn't really. I mean, she sort of consulted with them, but she certainly didn't bring them in to be part of the talks with other groups of people. Right. So that was kind of interesting that, that Tyrion thought that that was. <laughs> Although Tyrion doesn't exactly either. He just kind of has them there to have them there. Well, he does. He does well, he talking. does. They're sort of symbolic, so he can tell the people. Well, I had them there, and they represent you. So, exactly, which is smart. He's very good yeah, at it. I, he knows. Well, what he does in this episode is. Here's what I love about what happens in this episode here, because the point it's so, and I hate to be like, you know, the think pieces every week about how <laughs> oh Game of Thrones is just like modern day politics. Yeah, right. But like. This is exactly the argument about incrementalism that happens in our politics these days. Right. Uh, that's what Tyrion's plan is. He says that they'll they'll phase out slavery over seven years, and from his perspective, it makes sense. You're not just taking it away from them, and you know the the cities are thrown into chaos. But it's a bad thing, so you give them time to adjust and start a new, you System. know, uh, feudal society or capitalist society, whatever Westeros has. It's not. It's I guess it's feudal, um, and. To him, this makes sense, but from the perspective of Masande and Grey Worm, uh, that's not good enough, because uh, seven years is a long time to be a slave, and to kind of treat slavery so, uh, you know, as such a crassly political object, and not this you know, horrific institution that uh, has people in it, uh, it's it's a great conflict, and, and just so interesting. I can't believe Marine is interesting this season. What well, is, and this also not to relate to politics or anything like that directly, but just the idea 
of incentivizing in the upper class by helping the lower class. That's the thing I never quite understood in general, just again, not, not to get too political, but just, you know, when the lower class has more money, they can give you more money. You know, that's the sort of the argument where like the more money the bulk of the society has, the more they're going to spend, let's say, in like stores and things like that, which should theoretically help the people on top. Right? If there's no more money to siphon off of the lower class, then what are you going to do with that? And it's the same thing here, where it's like, um, he's trying to sell them a different way, which could either maintain how much money they're making or even make them even more money. And his argument being, we have a different system and I'm richer than you, which was yeah. a great, a great moment. And what I love is that he basically says, look, our system isn't like demonstrably different from slavery. <laughs> um, but it's you get to not say that you're you know slavers anymore. Right. So that's the benefit. Right. Right. Exactly. And it'll make Daenerys happy, and then she might leave. <laughs> um, which is you know it's interesting, and it's also interesting seeing how they view him because he's not really he's no real right to be there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there was such a weird moment from that one guy's perspective that yeah, I bought this guy as a slave like last week. Right. Right. It's funny they brought running him back marine of all characters. <laughs> um. But yeah, exactly. That was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting moment. Um, so, uh, I think from here we get to see there's just a brief moment with Daenerys, uh, in uh, Vesta Dothraki, but there's not much that goes on here before the the bigger moment later, I guess. Yeah, it's um, mostly just set up, and Jorah and Dario are on the cliff. Right. Well, we get we do get the starting point of this where we hear about uh, the pyre and so all that stuff I was talking about last week with the dreams and the prophecies and all that stuff, they just crammed it Mm. all into one episode, which is what you said would happen. (laughs) Um, Where she doesn't even have them. She just learns about the tradition and then Mm. uses it to her advantage. And then she talks about the mother of mountains or whatever it was, mountain mother, whatever it's called in her speech at the end, which is what I was talking about last week in reference to the articles that were making this um, guess about what she was going to be doing. So, yeah, they just crammed it all into one episode, which is <laughs> what we thought would happen. The only difference is that a dragon didn't show up. Um, but yeah. We'll, yeah, we, we, that was weird. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Um, well, the other thing is just uh, Dario finds out about the grayscale with, on Jorah. Right. So we'll see that where that ha- has to go, especially since he seems... Uh, pretty eager to cut that loose end. Yeah. Well. Okay. First of all. Well. We. Yeah. We. He learns about that, and the whole lead up to that was weird. First of all, we haven't seen them in a while, and Dario's like harassing him. They're still fighting yeah, over it's the, Daenerys. I mean, the it's the same just, scene that they've had, you know, all season. It's just. It's well, all season. I mean, they had like a five second scene in the first episode, and we haven't seen them since. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, the whole thing. I, I don't care about, th- their only purpose at this point is to fight over Daenerys, and it's just boring to me. Um, but we, they have a moment later that I want to talk about, um, and then the whole the whole finale. Uh, so, uh, Marjorie and, and, and Loras and High Sparrow and this whole scene? Yeah. Uh... I feel like the, the High Sparrow stuff is just the same again. Same stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing every episode. <laughs> it, the only difference last week is that Tommen is a new element because he's manipulatable. He's manipulable. Manipulatable? Man, manipulatable? 
don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Tom. What was interesting about it is that Tommen is, you know, becomes sort of a pawn of his, whereas Marjorie's not so much that type of character. She's like everybody else was, including Cersei. Uh, so this was the whole thing was strange. First of all, Loras was just in another cell right next to them the whole time throughout all of this. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I expected. I mean, yeah, I guess we sort of knew that. It's just weird that we didn't see him at all until now. It is weird that I, I, I expected something to be, like, horribly wrong with him. Uh, or, like, that he was dead. That's what I thought when I first saw him. Right. Because they've been holding off on him for so long. At every scene, Marjorie's been saying, I want to see my brother. I really expected something to be, you know, you know, maybe, like, they cut off his arm or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. But then, he's just, no, he's just sad. He's just sad, and he's like, make it stop. and Make what stop? I, I don't even know what he's Being referring in prison. to. I mean, I, are they are they torturing him? We haven't seen him. So. I mean, I guess to be solid, solitary confinement is its own torture, I guess. It's... Oh, I mean, but get over it. Marjorie's okay. I don't, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle that. You know, it sucks, but he, other characters are getting by to some degree, and Loris completely just caves. So either he just caved to what everyone else seemed to be putting up with, or they're doing something horrible to him. But we have no. There's nothing. There's no evidence that any of that happened. He's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, but this, I don't know if this is directly related, but this sort of influences, I guess, the Cersei and the Tyrells and everything else a little bit later. Mm. I guess, although <laughs> I don't know. Not in any new way, though. Well, I I don't know if they found out through the High Sparrow or something. I, I don't know how these scenes connect because they start talking about the walk of shame and that whole thing that they're going to do when we didn't get any of that with the high sparrow and Marjorie. Are we supposed to believe that she said she would do that after Loris was crying? Yeah. It's not clear. Like is the, if it was this something that just was just going to always happen. Right. Or did she? Yeah. Cause it, clearly she didn't, if she's doing the walk of shame, then that means she must've confessed. Right. But it doesn't the, her, the previous scene is her, you know, committing to not confessing. Right. So or maybe Cersei was talking hypothetically in that scene. That was a thought no, I had. she seemed to be like, saying, she... no, it's definitely happening in the next week or so or something like that. She was said it pretty I, I concretely. Was... I, I was unclear on whether or not, uh, whether she was just threatening Olena by saying, hey, you know, this thing is probably going to happen soon or whether mm. it was like, no, literally... This is or she could, she could you're be right. It doesn't make any out. sense that it, it doesn't make any sense that Marjorie would have confessed after the last time we saw her. Well, it could if I mean the last one to get a word in was Loras, and Loras was crying, and he said, "I don't care what we're giving up. I just want it to stop." Because she's like, "We can't, yeah. we can't do it." Because you know, then they win, and he's like, "I don't care. I don't care. Just, just end it." So I don't know. Mm. It was weird, but uh, I think is that next is uh I think that's right after. Else? Well, there's a quick scene with Cersei and Tommen, but it's not that interesting. <laughs> right, Cersei and Tommen. Um, oh, this was weird. So, I guess... Oh, I guess that's what motivates it. Tommen is the one who... Tommen tells Cersei something. Well, first of all, the, the, the funniest part of this about this scene is when Tommen's like, you don't like Marjorie very much, do you? <laughs> I'm like, really? Wow, this kid's not uh, the sharpest. Did guy. you just pick up on that? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then she's like, "No, no, she's the queen." Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah, she doesn't answer the question. She just says, "Well, she's the queen." Right. <laughs> For now. Um. Yeah, that was 
the whole thing was was amusing. But then he says, you know, the High Sparrow told me something, but I'm not supposed to tell anyone. And then Mar- uh, Marjorie, Cer- Cersei immediately sees it as a as a trap that if he tells Cersei and Cersei acts on it, then she, he can throw Tommen in jail or or whatever. That, that seems she seems to outline the entire plan and then says, "Tell me anyway." <laughs> uh, and then goes off with the information I'm assuming which is that Marjorie's going to have to do the walk of shame or whatever and delivers it to the small council I assume that's what it was so that the I guess whole thing so, yeah. was very strange to me she like deduces the plan and then like walks right into it in any case <laughs> if that was the plan or the, I, I, I don't know I was confused by a lot of this episode I gotta tell you um, <laughs> I also wrote down around at this point that the episode feel, felt really cobbled together it just sort of jumped around with not a lot of coherence and things didn't seem to be moving forward like they were last week. And I just, yeah, episode, this show has a lot of episodes like that, that feel like kind of just chunks of storylines, you know, put in order without really any thought to the episodes flow. Yeah, not at all. Exactly. And also the title, we even talked about it last week, Oathbreaker, uh, which Brian, by the way, Brian wasn't even in that episode. And then, uh, (laughs) that's right. And then here, you know, Book of the Stranger, but what, oh, yeah, it's just stupid platitudes. It's just a thing Marjorie says. Story. It's not really. Well, she's talking, but she's talking about what he's what he's talking about with his whole, uh, you know, story about how he saw the light and became religious, or he was religious but became yeah. properly. Religious <laughs> it kind of felt like they didn't know what to call this episode, so they just called it a thing that was in it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to call this episode either. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You were judging Home based on, but Home was a better episode than this one, and it had a worse title. So there you <laughs> That's go. That's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, so the one interesting thing, or the one plot point, I guess we get out of this is that the Tyrells are going to send their army. So there's going to be maybe maybe another war in the capital. yeah. Well, it's the same scene that we got last episode where Jamie and Cersei walk in and say, "Hey, we should do anything, uh, literally anything." And though it's they seem to have uh, finally complied, I guess. So that's something. Well, and they get, you know, they get to them each. They're like, well, Marjorie needs your help, and uh, Lancel needs your help. And so they're like, oh, yeah, I right. I forgot about Lancel, we have, yeah. We have people we care about who are involved in this. Yeah, how did you, what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you not know this? And Cersei's like, he just wants us to fight amongst ourselves and not fight him. Uh, yeah. I thought <laughs> that was the point you were making in the first place. Why did it take another episode to, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um... So, there's a brief moment with Theon after this, uh, on his way to um, see his his sister. Oh yeah, I really like this scene. I actually really like it too. Um, again, another reunion, by the way. Uh, oh, the I other guess, re- yeah, previously, uh, Marjorie and Loras oh. uh, reunited. Yeah. And there are more to come. I don't know. I just, but... I just feel like re—I mean, they are. Re- you are. I'm not gonna fight with the definition of reunion, but like <laughs> Sansa and John is huge in the scope of this. This—that's the biggest one well, by yeah. far. Um, but yeah, you're right. These are technically reunions for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, so I really liked the scene. I thought it was really, it was powerful and and accurate to both characters, and. Uh, I, I found it funny that they sort of addressed the um, the convenience of him showing up just as <laughs> by saying like by her not believing that he's he just showed up coincidentally 
And he's like, no, 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 I don't care. I didn't know. I just didn't. I just wanted to be here. Um, and I, I thought that was kind of a clever way of making that, especially since, as you said, it's in the books. He's not there during all of this. Yeah, this could screw with uh, Yara's uh, plan to take the throne because she's been telling everyone that he's dead. I think he's next in line before her because uh, I think he's older. Is he? I'm I'm not clear on that. Well, the bigger problem is that they're they're like no woman can be the king of the. Exactly. Yeah. So he would. So that's the bigger problem, her, whether or not he's old. Just by that, and yeah. So the idea that she's been telling everyone that he's dead, now he finally shows up. Uh, obviously, he has a better claim to the throne than she does, but he's also like this, you know, broken person, broken down, simpering, uh, you know, broken person. Uh, he clearly cannot lead the Iron Islands by any stretch of the imagination. And doesn't want to. And doesn't want to. But that could, you know, that also means that, you know, what's Yara going to do? He has a better claim to the throne than her, and he's in no position to have the throne. And we don't even know who, you know, about the other, whatever other players involved. Oh, yeah, we still have to, to the crazy guy. Yeah, uh, Euron, well, we don't really know anything about him. We don't know if there will be other people there who might right, want the throne. We're we'll we'll see where this goes. Limping but towards Theon, this. Theon showing up just is bad news for Yara. Right. Um, it's bad news for Yara, but it's too bad because Theon's like, no, I want to help you. You should rule the Iron Isles. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see. That storyline's interesting again, and I would like to follow it. Uh, unfortunately, we spend almost no time there this episode and a lot of the time that <laughs> I don't care about. In any yeah. case, um, so... I wrote a lot of expletives after this because I saw oh, yes. Ramsey sitting, peeling an apple <sighs> and a woman in the room. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, another one of these. I know. I just, I just, I'm so done. I'm so done yep. with it. Yeah. And I was like, they're, they're not going to have her just kill him here, obviously. So I wonder how this is going to end. You know? It's yet... I swear to God, we have one of these scenes every episode. It's every episode. It's this long, drawn-out scene. Uh, With something horrible where, happens. Exactly. Well, well, where Ramsey kills a woman. Let's not beat around the bush. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what's well, happening last, every episode. Well, last episode he didn't he didn't kill anyone. That was when we, that's we just true. got the direwolf head. That's true. That's still not great. No, no, something horrible. <laughs> That's why I was saying. I was thinking of that when I said something horrible happens. But yes, it's often him killing a woman. It's awful, and the whole it's the whole yeah. thing is just. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, her coming in and trying to seduce him to you know, right. to stab him, and then the fact that they draw it out for so long. Like, is she gonna get the knife? Is it, well, obviously she's not gonna get the knife right. because we know he's not gonna die here. This is what a terrible, terrible ending to that story, entire plot line. Um, would you, would you take it if it meant me. we never had to see Ramsey again? Exa- exactly. No, you're right. I would. <laughs> I would, I would take it uh, 100% of the time. Yeah. But obviously that's not going to happen. Right. So we're just sitting there waiting for him to turn it around. And he does. And, you know, bye-bye, bye-bye, Osha. She's Aren't gone now. Aren't you glad now. we got reintroduced to her character again? Yeah, what a, what a great ending for this character. Wow. Ugh. Well, okay, the one thing I'll say that's nice about it is that she always... I mean, I guess you could argue she was looking out for her self-interest here, but I don't think so. I mean, clearly she was... In, she could have, if she didn't know Ramsay very well, could have thought she could save herself by not doing that. 
uh, so she did risk her life to do it. Um, mm. But, but yeah, I just, I mean, she went down fighting for the Starks, who she swore to protect, which I think is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But so at the yeah, very least, just, she did. Sick she did something, which is nice. But I'm just yes. sick of these scenes. I don't. I mean, Me we too. all know what it's leading to. This is pretty obviously set up for Ramsey's horrible death later. I just in the don't. Season. How we much does he have before. to do for us to like exactly. the show to think we it's like? They they know we they they think the audience loves these scenes. It's so obvious they, they think must. the audience loves these scenes. And well, so, no, because what they're what they're doing is just like every episode they're like, oh, we're gonna make them hate him even more, and it's gonna be so sweet when he finally dies. But it's like we can't hate him any more than we already do. Like that topped off that topped off for me around you know the Sansa rape scene. Mm-hmm. I could that that was like you know that was the pinnacle of how much I could hate that character, and they just kept going, and it's just been a plateau. I can't hate him anymore, but you keep trying. I peaked, I peaked in season three. I was done with the, yeah, with the I, torture. I, I was done. Ugh. So we, you know everything else is, is. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm finished. He's evil. We get it. <laughs> Yeah, we keep saying at this least Joffrey keep happening. I don't even know. At least we... Joffrey was like interestingly evil. At least Joffrey... he was like varied in his. Joffrey evil. was the coolest villain. He was great until they until the end. I really didn't like him at the end, but again, because when they started, you know, how many women need to die at the altar of making this character evil? You know, that's how that's what yeah. started happening with Joffrey, and I was like, right, I'm done with that. And then they just transferred that to Ramsay and went even further. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but my point Whereas is that was Joffrey was, Joffrey was at least compellingly evil, you know, because he was so unpredictable. Well, he um, did other things. He wasn't just murdering yeah. women all the time. But yeah, but Ramsay is, is but predictably Ramsey, evil. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's predictable. You you know exactly what's going to happen in every Ramsay scene. He's going to kill someone horribly well, and smirk and and eat food. He's probably going to take a bite of some food, you know, because that's even more evil. It makes him more evil, I guess. I don't know. Right, he has to be eating or something, and I like yeah. how it, it was kind of funny when he, she was like, "Do you, you know, do you eat them afterwards?" And he's kind of like, "Ew, why would I do that?" <laughs> you know, I was like, I, "I don't know, Ramsey. I don't know why you do any of the things you do." Um, it was a little weird. I was like, "Oh no, you're giving him ideas now." Um, <laughs> so uh, please, let's not do that scene. Please, uh, no, God, how much more? Um. But anyway, all this thing, all the things we're saying, I will say there was if there's any payoff to that us having to see the same scenes over and over again was how funny it was John reading the letter from Ramsey. Because the funniest part of that letter, I mean it's a horrible letter and it's, you know, it's creepy and, you know, threatening and it has plot relevance, whatever. But the end of it when he signs it Ramsey and I'm like you did not need to sign the letter, dude. Who else would that be? <laughs> <laughs> the dogs got mentioned. <laughs> assaulting women got mentioned. I mean, how, how much? It, who else would that be? It was just yeah. it's absurd. He's a walking parody of himself, and the character needs to go. Definitely, it's it's just I I hate the show every time he's on screen. Right, and uh, yeah, so and that's why I liked last episode as bad as it was. It wasn't what I mean. Sorry, with the Ramsey section, uh, it was pretty actually reasonably tame and he wasn't even the one doing the bad thing it was just just, oh no now Rickon's in his in his uh in his custody so now we need to worry about it um now we need to worry about him again 
but he wasn't doing the bad thing. Some whoever you know the other group was ended up killing the dire wolf for the rest of it. So it was slightly better. Um, so yeah, I guess after this they decide um, there's that you know after they get the letter the wildlings say oh, we got two thousand people and Sansa's like we're gonna go and get some more armies and John finally goes yeah fine we'll do it. Really unenthusiastically, but whatever. <laughs> Do you like his new hair? I can't tell the difference, honestly. Yeah. Really? Mostly, I mean, he's in the dark so often. You can't tell the difference. And he has those he's dark got like curls. A, a, like a weird man bun thing going on. Oh, does he? Uh, well, that's what it looks like. Well, because they mean, cut it yeah, off sure. before, and then now he used to wear it loose and long, and now it's all... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It weirds me out when I see him. I mean, John like... has the best hair on the show. Um, I don't think that's up for debate. Oh, no, he definitely does. <laughs> so whatever they do with it, it's probably going to be good. Yeah. I don't know, but because he has nice hair, we're like tying it all up in a little bun, it seems like a... I don't know if it's in a bun. It's just, it just looks like it's back or short. It's it's sad, you know? I don't know, it's nice. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're going to go and do the thing, so we're going to see a, a showdown with Ramsey, I guess is basically what they're getting at. Cool. Yeah, I don't know when, though. I mean, this is still early in the season. Yeah, but it might happen sooner rather than later, so they can set up the White Walkers, like you said. You've basically called this it seems whole like season, a so. <laughs> this seems like a season-ending, you know, battle, though. It could be, right? It could be, but remember, they have to maintain the White Walkers as a as a um as the like the bigger threat, and they have to force that down our throat again. So I think, yeah, I. Th- I, and I don't remember from the trailers they had it, but I think there were White Walkers in the trailers, so I think it's going to be a thing. I think there were two, yeah. So, so. yeah, probably. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's interesting that, you know, we've been talking about this all season. It, things are moving so quickly this season, so they who are. knows? They are. I mean, by f- episode five, there could be a you know a big battle. Or they could be saving this for, for episode nine, which is they say is going to be the biggest battle Game of Thrones has done yet. Oh, yeah, even so maybe that that's maybe that's this. Maybe, maybe that's, that's what this. they're talking about. Yeah. Maybe because uh, maybe what they're gonna do is keep building the sides, you know, the veil, and then this, and then that. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool to really build into something big, and then to have that battle maybe end with a White Walker related thing, or make ma- hmm. make episode ten all about White Walker related stuff. Finally, have anyone in the capital <laughs> actually care about what's going on north of the wall? <laughs> um, so yeah, so then uh, the last the last scene is in uh, is with uh, with Daenerys, and uh, this is a uh, uh... okay. Can I just say something about this episode as well? Sure. Um, the women in this episode, I I don't know about this. The dialogue about women in this episode, they're like props constantly throughout everything, and I know it's not terribly unusual for Game of Thrones, but. You know, T- Tyrion just has women come in at the end of that the meeting. There's like so oh, many yeah, jokes about, about you know, sex and and women. I, I don't know the whole. It, it's it's yeah. I don't know. It made me really uncomfortable throughout the episode. I don't think it's anything. Yeah, like you said, it, this is pretty par for the course for Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, but it was like every with- scene, someone had to make a joke about you know, either objectifying women or. Assaulting women, or it, I don't know about every scene, and certainly when we get to the Dothraki, it would be. I'm actually thinking. I don't know if I could think of a. a, a well, one I, of those the, Yara and and Theon. I'm okay. Pretty sure. 
That was just like a four-second scene, though. <laughs> You're right, you know, and that's guess... probably why I like that episode more than anything else. Some, most of the stuff at the wall, I'm pretty sure. Most of the stuff at the veil. I mean, I see your point, but I don't. I don't You're think right, it's. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's out of the ordinary for Game of Thrones at the very least. Well, I kept noticing it. It's irritating me. Um, but anyway, the reason I bring it up is you know it kept going all the way through this episode. You know, the end of this this scene in the beginning with the uh, are they all calls? In yeah, I guess so. Okay. So, yeah, what do you think of this well, scene? Well, we have Jorah and Dario doing. Oh uh, right, right. First, there's breaking into the break city. Them. Right. I love the idea that the Dothraki city, you're not allowed to have weapons. Yeah, that's Presumably because otherwise they'd just be killing each other all the time. Right. Right, which is funny. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun there. And also funny did... because, like, they can just kill each other without weapons pretty easily. Oh, yeah, They could they definitely just punch each other to death or With whatever. rocks or punching or any <laughs> number of things. That, um, was, that was very funny, I will say, when he covers up the stab wound by crushing the guy's head yeah. with a rock. <laughs> That went on for a while, but they didn't show it, which is unusual, I think, for the show. Yeah, that was unusually restrained for right. the show. Um, Although they did the shot again that they, they've probably done, um, I don't know if I'm going to count, 5,000 times on this show uh, where someone's about to stab someone else, but then they get stabbed through the chest from behind, and oh you see God. the sword come Why through them from behind. Why is that every scene? It's, uh, they do it a lot. Yeah. I was like, kind of hoping it would be Daenerys, though. But wait, okay, we see Podrick did that. Um uh, they did it to uh, what's his face on the boat, the Dorn guy, the Dornish dude, and they did oh, it yeah. here. It's constant, it's and it's constant not in his previous to seasons too. It's just a, it, it's a trick that they just pull over and over and over. Okay, yeah, it, okay, not to come back to Spartacus again, but uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you the way they have people die in that show every single season. There's like some, there's one, lots of people are dying constantly, but. They always find a way for the bad guy to die in a new and crazy way, <laughs> and it's all just with swords and things. There's nothing like they—they're not invent. They're not like doing something like, "Oh, it's a door shut." No, no, it's always with a sword. But like, they'll cut the face off this way or that way, or some other thing will happen, and it's always highly entertaining. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, that's you know a side point. Uh, so, so one thing I'll say here: what, what's with Jorah getting his butt kicked? That was oh weird. yeah. Well, it seems to confirm. It, it, it weirdly, it seems to Is confirm like everything that uh, Dario was saying at the beginning of the episode. You know, old man, you're right. weak or whatever. Yeah, but it's not consistent with anything we've seen from him previously. No, Maybe it's the grayscale. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the grayscale because he's kicked Dothraki ass all the time. I don't know. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, like, he killed like two of Khal Drogo's blood riders outside the tent in yeah. the first season. Exactly. They demonstrated it immediately. Now he did have armor and stuff on, but so what? That's true. He was completely yeah. It's just some, it's just some like twenty year old Dothraki dude yeah. in the you know in an alley. You could Jorah should be able to take this guy. Yeah, no question. And then you know ended up being Dario to saving him, which I was like, really? All right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, also I like that Daenerys needed their help to literally just put a piece of wood in the door. <laughs> I was like, oh, are they gonna you know sort of? I thought it was sort of gonna be a. I wasn't sure what they were doing, but I thought he was. She was going to have them help her sort of put out on a show to sort of spook the Dothraki or do something. You know what I mean? I thought at least do. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more. Uh, they thought they were going to have a more elaborate role than that. I, for the record, I, I'm pretty sure that if they hadn't shown up, she would have just gotten uh, the woman she was talking to to do it. Yeah. Like they were completely incidental to her plan. Absolutely. She didn't. She didn't need them to show up at all, which makes it really funny that 
when they finally do, she's like, all right, look, we're not going to go. I have this under control. Just put a bar in the door after I go inside. Right. I got Basically, it. Basically, that's all she said to them. Yeah. It's just, I just thought they were going to do something like, oh, she was going to say, you know, I control nature or something. And then, you know, something would break on the other side of the room that, you know, and so they'd be like, oh, it's magic. And they'd freak out. But no, no, it's just wood uh, in a door. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought that was funny. Um, so, yeah. So now, okay. Now we're at that scene. What yes. do you think? Uh, I can't believe everyone was freaking out over this scene. Because, yeah, yeah, it's like, we've we've seen it before. And I know the point is that we've seen it before. It's very, you know, it's supposed to be the thing from the end of season one again. And she's coming full circle. But there's more Nothraki this time. Subjugating the subjugating the savages. We're doing that all over again with Daenerys. Because that's the only storyline they ever have for her. Um, So I'm sick of that. But, yeah, it's... She sets the building on fire. It's not even a super. It's almost. I hate the word cheesy, but the, it it almost comes across that way. The way that you know they put so much intensity and drama into her just knocking four things over. That's the extent of what she does. Is she just pushes four things over? Okay, that and was bizarre. Everyone, yeah. The whole way this was okay. I was. I was trying not to. You know. Okay, so you know when you watch a show or you watch something. Okay, here's a good example: Firefly doesn't have great effects, especially by modern standards. And there's certain moments that were a little a little eye-rolly, you know, um, that get a little eye-rolly, especially now. And uh, it's even more evident on Blu-ray. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and what's funny, because they didn't upscale any of the special effects for some reason, uh, mm-hmm. uh, resolution-wise. So, but I try and suspend my disbelief for those moments. And so you try and do that even when you know something kind of doesn't look right, but you're like, no, 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 I want to believe this is real. I I don't understand her pushing over these things and the way they edited it. It was very strange. And I kept flashing back to that horrible scene in season two where the little dragon breathes fire on the... Uh... Oh, yeah. Remember that? That was awful. Yep. Where they use the CGI fire becomes regular fire on the guy, and he, like, <laughs> runs out screaming. Oh, the whole thing was so silly. Well, it just... It's so... The scene is... is dumb for a number of reasons we talked about a few here's another one uh <laughs> she pushes she pushes the thing over and all these do- the calls of, of the dothraki hordes you know i get that the idea is that they're not as badass as call drogo right. but she just pushes the thing over and they all have a panic attack and run away yeah they went to the door instead of attacking her <laughs> exactly i don't understand that at all it's yeah. I mean, again, I, I guess we're meant to understand that it's because they're not as cool as Khal Drogo and they're pathetic, you know, weaklings, or whatever. That's I. That's fine. But yeah, it doesn't. Given the way that they were just acting towards her, the fact that not one of them just walks up and cuts her head off. All she's done is push a thing over. They run to the door. They try. They run away I, after she pushes something over. And then he just stands there while she pushes another one over. <laughs> He's like, no. It's, yeah, it's... You know what I thought of in that moment? Um. It's now happened in Deadpool and Austin Powers, but the, the you know, like the Zamboni where he runs over... Uh... Oh, yeah, the one joke in Deadpool that made me laugh. Oh, is that the one joke in Deadpool? And then in um, in Austin Powers, he has the, you know, the steamroller. And, right. and he's yeah. like, no! And he goes on for like five minutes. <laughs> just right. doesn't just get out of the way. Except this isn't uh. a comedy, and uh, it just happens. <laughs> um, also, I guess the whole place is made of wood. I, I guess we we're supposed to just summarize that, but I just wasn't expecting everything to immediately catch on fire. Well, I don't know how 
the way the fire spreads is a weird effect, it and no it sense. must be an effect. Yeah, it must be an effect because the way when it knocks over, it spreads out like it's liquid. Yeah, but it's it must just be coals, right? I, I, I guess. And it, she's knocking it into dirt. Okay, I'm just so... imagining this happening in real life. You would push it over, <laughs> it would just fall in the dirt, and then it would just fall over, and then that would be it, and you'd look like an idiot, and then they'd be like, "Uh, what are you doing?" Yeah, that's what it would happen. And it doesn't make sense because there's an obvious answer. There's a really obvious way to make this scene cool, and that's have her dragon show up and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Remember the dragon how she just has a dragon? show up and like land on the roof and like how cool would yeah, that scene be? That's what I kept thinking was gonna. Which, by the way, I will say, I will say, I remember a couple months ago, uh, there was there were some leaks about the filming of this scene, yeah. and this the the leak was essentially you know Daenerys does a thing where she walks into a hut and she's you know. It gets set on fire, and she walks out, and it's cool. And what the leaker said was that it was the dragon that set it on fire. And now I just assume that they just assumed that because the thing got set on fire, and it's the natural assumption to make when with Daenerys, because duh. Right. But yeah, it's so weird. Why would why they, why didn't they do that? Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I, I was very weirded out by it. I, I'll say this: the only good moment, or the only good thing about this scene. Also, it makes the Dothraki look incredibly simple. They just constantly. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's fall like for again, this yeah, fire, that's, ooh, fire, ooh, you know. That's that's you know Daenerys' entire six season storyline is her going to the the not white people, and uh, subjugating them with her incredible magics. Right. It's really just patronizing, extremely patronizing, and played out, you know, more, you know more than once on this yeah, over and over again uh, so the the fact that they're doing it again and not just doing it again but literally doing the same scene again right. just yeah I'm not a fan of this but at least some at least something's happening in her storyline yeah I guess I gotta say I don't it would have been so easy for George R. R. Martin to just make the Targaryens not the whitest possible people on the planet <laughs> like literal literal yeah. Aryans I don't know why that was <laughs> motivation there um or i don't know what the motivation was there uh but anyway the one thing i liked about this scene and the one thing that i really want to talk about just briefly with you is we talked about a while ago and you told me this and i was like what that's crazy um and i've seen people talk about it since so it wasn't just you that george R. R. martin says the whole thing about her not being burnt was just a like a one-time magical event yeah in the books it was right yeah but I was saying, I really hope in the show that's not the case, because that's going to make yeah. whatever they do with the finale going to be so much cooler. Yeah. And it looks like, and they said unburnt earlier in the episode, and they said it earlier this season, I was like, oh, please tell me they're keeping that. And it looks like they are, and I'm so excited. Mm. It, yeah, I mean, it's... It also means they can reveal other Targaryens if they want to with fire stuff. Oh, that would be a great way to do it, you're right. Like Jon or Tyrion, if Tyrion's... A, you know, Targaryen thing. Well, now I'm, now people are going to be combing through the show to see if there's any scenes where, like, you know, whoever John or or Tyrion were ever burnt. Right. Uh, were there? Now, yeah. Next, now you've got me thinking. Right. Um, because they, you know, ever since well, they didn't burn, they Daenerys. didn't burn John's body. That might have been interesting. Oh yeah. That might have been interesting if they tried to and then they couldn't, but they didn't get well, that far. As far as you know, back as the pilot, I remember the scene where she gets into the bath and the oh, attendant yeah. says, "No, it's no, it's too hot," but she keeps walking, and that was but that's because set up. the first season is brilliant and foreshadowed something that we. It's really good foreshadowing that doesn't tell you anything if you don't know what's coming. Yeah, I love exactly. that season. That season was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess yeah, it's Daenerys just can't get burnt by fire. Okay, I'm 
Okay. <laughs> I always I always thought that that was a Targaryen thing, and that was also the big deal with her brother, who obviously could because he wasn't. A... Oh, it wasn't. By the way, it's not just Targaryens, so it might not work. It's not just Targaryens. It's also like you know, you're a true dragon or whatever they were saying about her. Yeah, it's so it's a little vaguer than just Targaryens, I guess. Right. It's it's the it's the good ones. It's the ones who are you know, have proper <laughs> proper credentials. Um, can you imagine Viserys and the dragons? I mean, that'd be hilarious. Uh, Could you imagine if Viserys was still around on this show? I found his character amusing, if not. Yes. Well, speaking annoying. of like repetitively evil characters, um, I feel like he could have gotten burnt out real quick. They they got rid of him at just the right time. Oh yeah, exactly. He's a good example of what to do on the show again because the first season was uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> that you remember golden the golden crown or a golden crown? Of course. Oh, how could you forget it? What a great scene! Yeah, great. It was a great episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So uh, next week, what's what do we have on deck for next week? It is called the door. The door. Yeah. So great. Band. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the dumbest joke I could have made about that. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I think I've said maybe in any of these. Oh well, yeah. Next episode is directed by Jim Morrison. Um, his ghost. <laughs> Huge get. Huge get for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Jim Morrison, yep. Uh, no, next episode is actually directed by Jack Bender of uh, of Lost fame. Okay. Directed a crap ton of episodes of Lost, including the including the finale and some of the... And you like Lost. Uh, I do, yeah. Okay. It's some of the best episodes of the show he directed. So. All right. Uh, he's doing the next two. It's an interesting... He hasn't done anything on the show yet. Oh, so this is uh, a first. At this point. So it's an interesting choice to have. They've gotten a lot of established TV directors so far this season. Well, and also, so. uh, this hasn't been true, I guess, for the last couple of seasons, but season episode five is often a, a big turning point or sort of a coalescing of direction, uh, episodes five and six. So it's interesting to have him come in and maybe direct uh, where things are going. Hey, female directors, they're just never going to do that. Oh, they did it oh, briefly yeah. in the beginning, right? Didn't they have a couple? Michelle McLaren directed episodes in seasons three and four. Right. Uh, and and she's it. <laughs> That's it. That's pathetic. Yeah. Women used to write on this show too, by the way. Really? Were there other writers before? Uh, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking at the episode list now. Uh, Golden Crown was co-written by Jane Espenson. Who oh. wasn't she on? Didn't she work on Firefly? Oh yes, she did. She's great. Yeah. So there you go. And um. Vanessa so really, Taylor... season one had uh, you know some Firefly writers, and it was also the best season. Oh wow, what an interesting coincidence! Anyway, uh, Vanessa Taylor wrote some episodes in seasons two and three, uh, but everything after that is just Benny Offenweiss and Brian Cogman, and now Dave Hill, who used to be a writer's assistant, but they promoted to staff. But he huh. only gets one episode a season. Huh, interesting. And now George R. R. Martin's not writing anything anymore because he's like... Exactly, yeah. So it's almost show. all Benioff and Weiss and Brian Cogman. Huh, interesting. Okay, well, I don't know. I feel like they could benefit particularly on this show from a little bit of female perspective. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't hey, say. Like, <laughs> hey, maybe we shouldn't sacrifice yet another woman to the altar of Ramsey. Uh, right? You know? I mean, I how, mean there she... aren't that many left. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Right? How many more? That you haven't put through the Ramsey ringer. So, yeah. yeah, it's about time to... To, it's it's a long past time to just deal with that character and that's why I'm get hoping it gets him. resolved sooner rather than later. Oh, we'll see. That would that be great. great if like after next episode we just never had to see Ramsey again? Well, that this is first of all this is what I love about uh, you know maybe we're in week three. I have this sign on my wall. 
it says, um, it has been blank week since the Dorn scene. Oh yeah, and no more Dorn. No, still no Dorn. Yeah. It's been three weeks, and I really hope I don't have to take this sign down, because <laughs> uh, I love no Dorn. But I am hoping to establish a Ramsey sign very soon. <laughs> you should. Well, uh, that would be great. And the other thing about that is, you know, we were saying, oh, Sansa's probably gonna miss John just as he's leaving, but then they they just oh, yeah. went for it. They're like, nope, we're gonna do it. Yeah, that's right. So they're not they're not uh, pulling any punches on that stuff, which is good, you know. Mm. I'm not. I, again, I had problems with this episode, and I didn't think it moved forward enough, and there was a lot of issues with it. But, um, we got a little bit of it at least, so that was good. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, forward momentum, and clearly they're not going. They don't. They're not going to waste their time trying to drag it out into three more seasons just because of ratings or whatever. They're going. To yeah, that's a nice it. feeling. That's a nice feeling on this show. That they're not dragging it out show. anymore. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to take the last season and split it up like they keep doing with all the big shows, but oh yeah, they, but they'll shoot it at, once, as far, at least as far back as The Sopranos, yeah. Right, right, so, right. They've been doing it, and then yeah, I have no doubt that doing that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so next week uh, we're gonna we're going to uh, go through the door, and um, yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting thing. I have a feeling we're probably going to get a lot of Arya stuff. That's just my guess. I don't know why I yeah probably uh, yeah the door is kind of evocative in an Arya way. I agree. I don't know why. I, I think it's the door to the House of Black and White is what I keep thinking of when I think of door. That, yeah, me too. Which huh. I don't know why. There's no particular reason for me to associate it with that. <laughs> That's the best I got. Oh, and I guess all the little... Um, I don't know, that doesn't really work. I was thinking of like, all the faces in that hall, um, but they're not really in... Like, I thought they were in like, cabinets, little doors on them, but they're not. They're sort of in little hmm. cutout things. But in any case, I think it'll be in Arya. Arya will have a, a moment in that in that episode. And the other well, thing she that's wasn't in this nice, week, so right, she wasn't in this week. And the other thing that's nice is I think we'll probably get a little break from Daenerys doing whatever she's doing over there because, um, you know, they gave her a big moment and they'll probably like let it simmer a little bit. Oh, how great would it be if we skip a week with Daenerys and then in episode six she shows up at Marine? We don't have to do a whole thing where she marches all the way back. Oh, no, no, we're going to have to see at least five episodes of her marching through deserts and, you know, dehydrated <laughs> yeah. and... For her to go full circle, she has to spend the rest of the season walking through the desert. Well, we need to repeat season two. Again. <laughs> oh, God, that season sucked. Anyway. All right, cool. So, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.